like outlines personally because I don't pay attention. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but if I know the answers, I don't read. I'm actually doing a study right now, and I have to take some classes. And so I just went right to the test to see if I already know the answers. Amen. Just being honest, right? Like, I'm like, I've been a Christian for a while. I might be able just to answer these without reading. Amen. So I don't have an outline for you this morning. And, uh, but you could turn your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 11, and let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to speak your word. I thank you for these beautiful people that I have the privilege of speaking your word to this morning. I ask in the next few moments that Sean would step aside and your Holy Spirit would speak to each and every one of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you were here last week uh, for church? Heard pastor preach? All right, the rest of you need to repent. And um, anyway, I'm just being silly. How many of you have ever read your Bible and studied and, and heard God speak to you? And like, you're like, wow, this is awesome. Like, and you kind of write it down and stuff. Anybody in here, you guys read your Bible every day, right? And you're praying every day. You're spending time with God every day because that's what we Christians do. We don't go to church just on Sunday to make us a Christian. We live it Monday through Saturday also. And um, so last week I was serving and helping with the sound and stuff. And I remember, you know, worship got done and um, I sat down and, and I opened up my notes. So I was going to take notes and pastor opened his outline and he said, the dream. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. He's still stealing my stuff. I grabbed Dwayne. I'm like, look, I had these notes ahead of time. I just want you to know this, that I was hearing God, amen, before pastor preached. Like, we didn't talk about it or anything, and so I just want you to know that pastor stole my sermon last week, okay? So what we're going to do today is just play his over again and hope that you get more out. I'm kidding. So this morning, I am going to kind of tailor, um, jump right in where, where he left off and um, talk about this morning the process of the dream. And um, I don't know what you guys um, enjoy, but um, man, I enjoy the process. Don't we all enjoy the process, the pain of the process, right? The, the, it's just so enjoyable, isn't it? Going through things and going through trials and, and situations, it's just exciting, isn't it? We're going to talk about that today. Life seems to be all about this endless pursuit of something we will never truly experience. Um, we were talking the other day about houses, and you know, I remember when we first got married, we had this little apartment, and it was perfect for that moment, and then we had a kid, and, and then we were like, wow, we just probably need a little more room, and then we had another kid, and we are like, we definitely need more room, so we moved into this other house, and, and it was good, and it worked good, and then all of a sudden, another kid's coming, I'm like, we need a bigger house, and now I have more kids in bedrooms. Amen. And um, so we're like, you know, you kind of this American dream, so to say, of, you know, you just want to get a bigger house, bigger house. Maybe you guys don't, but that's me just being honest. Okay. And, and so like there's this endless pursuit of always needing something maybe bigger, better, nicer, newer, right? Like anybody else, any friends in the house this morning? Amen. And then I had this epiphany. I'm like, wait a second. Like I'm going to keep getting more bedrooms and the bedrooms are not going to be needed in like four years. Jake's out. I already told him. I'm like, dude, I've already, I already rented the U-Haul truck. I got a little bit of money in your savings account. That's, that's it, dude. Here you go. Here's 18. Go make it work, right? And uh, so I'm like, I, that's one less bedroom I need. So why keep buying more bedrooms, right? And so anyways, I'm being silly, kind of. Jake, 18, out. Amen? 
But I love what Solomon, you know, he taught us a lot of great things in, um, in the book of Ecclesiastes. But to sum it all up, he said, life can be discovered and built on two things. And if you read the little word for you today that we give out, this was in there, um, I think it was yesterday or Friday morning. But it can be summed up with two things, relationships and purpose. The most important relationship is the one we establish with Jesus Christ. Amen? And once we establish that relationship, it begins to unlock this sense of purpose as you begin to discover that God could use your life in a greater way than you ever thought possible. And that's where I love this verse, Ephesians, excuse me, chapter one and verse number 11. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Amen. It's amazing. You come into this relationship with Jesus and we find out who we are and what we're living for. And it's long before we first heard of Christ and got all of our hopes up. How many of you guys um, found yourself in that situation where before Christ, it's like hope is lost. Amen. I know for myself, it was like, this is all I have left for my life. This is all I have to show for my life. Like, where is the hope in this? Amen. But what's beautiful is he had designs on us for glorious living. Long before he had his eyes on us, he had design for us for this glorious life that we're called to live. Amen. And, and I love that because when you begin to talk about the dream, like pastor started sharing last week, you got to get this in your heart that Christ really does have an assignment or a glorious inheritance for all of us to experience in this life. Amen. But I feel it's important today to talk about the process of getting to that place because I think for many of us and myself included, I've found myself at times feeling like, will the dream ever come to pass? How many have you ever felt that before? Like, God, where is, you know, this dream that I, I really feel in my heart is ordained by you? And I don't know how you guys sleep at night, but I call it like a mild coma that I go into at night. Okay, I don't dream. My wife is a dreamer. Okay, I am not a dreamer. What's the opposite of dream? I don't want to call them nightmares, but you know what I mean? Like, they're like things where you're like, wake me. Am I awake or is this <laughs> not reality? Does anybody else have, like, they are so real. Like, you feel it in your body and you're like freaked out. Like, I don't have them very often. But, man, when they come, I'm just like, wow, I need to, like, get saved. Where did that come from? Right? Like, this is not of God. And uh, But I don't have those, like, fairy tale fantasy dreams, like those rosy little cool ones. Okay? I just sleep. But my wife, on the other hand, she has these amazing dreams and she writes them down and and she journals them and she doesn't even know I'm talking about her but she's on the other side of the wall serving the little babies and um but what's crazy is two years ago she had this dream and she wrote it down and, and I'm not going to go into any details but she wrote it down very descriptive and she shared it with me she's like man I had this dream and there's a lot of times we talk about them you know kind of like what do you think and so I try to get on my like prophetic like interpreter hat you know and I'm like let me see let me hear God for a second you know it's like trying to be spiritual. Just, I know you guys don't do this, but I do. Okay. And I'm like, what does that mean? So I try to like kind of figure it out. Well, what's crazy is this dream was so like vivid and real and we didn't really have to like figure it out. It was pretty explanatory and, and very descriptive. And can I tell you that it's not even been two years and this dream has come to pass and it's like, wow, this is, you know, it's sad at one, in one regard, but it's, you know, it's confirmation that, that you're hearing God at the same time. Does that make sense? Like there's sometimes where, you know, we got to, we got to find the hope in it and we got to, we got to find God in our situation. So that's why I want to talk to you today about the process of the dream. And man, I'm going to be out of time today because I have 1,738 words to share with you. So 
Today, I want to piggyback off of what Pastor has to say. Joseph was a great example of a dreamer and somebody that endured the process. In Genesis chapter 37 and verse number 5, it says, Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him. What a glorious life, amen? How many of you guys have ever had that person in your life that you're so excited about something, and you share it with them, and they just are like, shoot your dreams down, right? Or they just mock you, or they bring it up months later, like kind of, ha, yeah, right, I thought you were going to, right? Like, imagine Joseph. The Bible says that he was favored amongst his father, all this stuff. There was already all this jealousy, and then he shares the dream of how he's going to, you know, they interpret it as rule over them and overlord or, and control them and be the boss of them, right? And so I don't know what kind of sibling house you grew up in, but I love watching my boys. You know, last yesterday we were out driving around, and they're all three in the back seat of the van next to each other, and they did good for most of the day. But you could tell it got to that point where they are just like fed up with each other. And then it's just an all-out competition and war to see who's going to get like the last, you know, punch or the last word or the last whatever. And we're just like, you guys are walking home, right? Like, you know, so this is what's going on in Joseph's family. Like they didn't like him and, you know, they were jealous of him. And then he has his dream like, hey, guess what? I'm going to rule over you. I'm going to be in charge. I don't know what your sibling life was like, but, you know, if my little brother or sister or whatever came and told me, I would laugh at them, right? Like you'd be like, yeah, right. You know, and especially when you understand like the lineage and the culture, like that just didn't happen, right? The firstborn, we always know in Jewish culture, the firstborn was entitled to, you know, way more. And so for the little brother to say he's going to do this, it was like way out of whack. Okay. But this is what gets me. Think about it for a moment. How many of us share things with people thinking they're our comrades or our bros or our family, and yet they turn around and use it against us. So what Joseph went through as a, was a process that I believe gives us great insight into how we see the dream fulfilled in our own lives. And that's the journey I want to take you on this morning. So if you're taking notes, point number one this morning is, you ready for this? This is exciting. Embrace the fire. Embrace the fire. You know, the story goes on, and I'm going to summarize more than anything. You can go home today and for your reading enjoyment when it's raining and you're eating your soup and your bread and your blankie on the couch. You can read the story of Joseph starting in Genesis chapter 37, and, um, and you can study it. But it says that as he shared this dream, jealousy arose, and they decided they were going to get rid of their brother, take care of the problem. There's no way this is happening. Let's get rid of him. They throw him in the pit. They decide, well, that's probably not a good idea. Let's sell him off. So they sell him off, right, into slavery, which ends up being um, some of Potiphar's people that buy him, takes him off to Potiphar's house, one of the rulers. So he ends up in Potiphar's house. And um, this morning I began to think about why did he go through what he went through? And, and I believe it comes down to this, is Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 3 says, he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Now, this is where it gets fun as a believer. Amen? Is we all want the dream. How many of you guys want the dream that you feel God's put in your heart? Amen? How many of you guys want to walk through fire to get it? Everybody puts their hand away, right? We don't want that part. But, but I thought this was so great that, that he sits as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi, purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering, 
in righteousness. When, when Christ gets a hold of our life, when he arrests us, when he deposits this dream inside of us and he ignites this God-given purpose in our heart and he, and he instills in us this destiny and this purpose that he has for our life, this assignment that we're going to fulfill, then he adds a little fire to the mix. Amen? And that's, I believe, what happened to Joseph. He's like, Joseph, here's the dream, but fasten your safety belt because here comes the fire. Amen? Here comes the, pur- the purification process because what God is looking for us, looking from, uh, uh, blah, blah, looking for from, you try and do this today, for what he's looking for from us is our whole life. Amen. He's not looking for just an aspect of our life. He's not looking for pieces of our life, but what, what God wants from us is this whole life, this purified life, this life that's stripped away from things that quite honestly just taint the ability for us to fulfill what he's put in our life. Amen. And so many times we see the fire as a negative, but really the fire is what is stripping away the things that are keeping you from fulfilling your God-given purpose, your God-given destiny. And sometimes that fire comes at a price of uncomfortableness, comes at a price of losing people that you love, people you're close with, people that you look up to, people that you think look up to you. What are you willing to endure for the dream that God has put in your heart this morning? See, don't run from the fire. Embrace the purification of what's to come forth. You know, for Joseph, he had to embrace this process. And I don't know if any of you have been like me where you, you see what God has given you, you see the potential, you, you hear the voice of God, and then the minute you believe it in your heart, it gets tested, and you begin to question whether you heard God or not. God, if, if this is really from you, then why am I going through this? Amen? But that's the fire in the press because God is beginning to do something on the inside of you. In Genesis chapter 39 and verse number 2, as Joseph ends up in Potiphar's house, it's easy to say, well, the dream is done. They sold him off to slavery. There's no hope. There's no point. But God's will is always greater than anything man can do to us to stop God's will. Amen? God's hand is greater than anything man can do to you. Amen? And so here you see the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found what? Favor, favor, favor in his sight and served him. This morning, I want you to get this statement in your spirit. Favor isn't fair. This is something that I've hung on to for the last few years. Dana and I, we talk about situations and we see God show up in our life and we say favor isn't fair. Amen? Favor ain't fair. The word favor is used over a hundred times in the Bible. What is favor is defined as to give unfairly preferential treatment to. I don't know where you guys came from, but I don't deserve what God's given me. I do not deserve the favor that God has bestowed upon my life. I do not deserve, or another word for favor is grace. Amen. I don't deserve his grace. I don't deserve his favor. Amen. But yet it is unfairly preferential treatment too. When you start walking in the favor of God, you're walking in something that you don't deserve. Amen. But yet God does it because of the assignment that he has for our lives.
And you watch as Joseph began to walk through this process, as this fire began to be applied to his life, he didn't sit and complain about the situations of his life. Amen? He just continued to serve God with all of his heart, chase the dream, and allow whatever had to happen, happen in his life. Now, I believe that if you could have an honest conversation with Joseph, he would probably, you know, share like, yeah, this is not easy. Amen? How many of you have, have enjoyed losing some people in your life? <laughs> well, yeah, some of them are good. But how many of you guys have lost people that you care about? Amen? I, this is a fun one in, um, in the you know, youth group is, you know, how many of you are still friends in this room today um, with the people you were friends with in high school? One, two, three, four. Okay, so your, your best friend in high school is still your best friend today? Let's ask that one. Wow, there's two, three. Okay, so the odds are pretty low, amen? And it, it's funny how we begin to how we begin to push the dream aside because of how we feel it's going to affect our relationships out here. Amen? But people come and go in our lives, and betrayal is all throughout the Word of God, isn't it? When you really begin to study the Word of God, and Pastor and I were talking about Jesus and Judas, and, and it's so easy to get caught up in how Judas missed out, but let's focus on the process and, and the fulfillment of the assignment for Jesus. Judas betraying Jesus was all about the assignment for Jesus' life. And some of the things that you experience in your life is all about the process of where God is taking you, but we get caught up in the pain of the moment instead of focusing on the process and the destiny that he has in store for our life. I don't know if you guys enjoy being around a fire. I love fire until it touches me. Amen? I got pictures all in my phone, man. I'm always taking pictures in my iPhone. I can take slow-mo, and I can take these cool pictures, and I got this new one, this slow shutter, and it like makes it look all like liquidy and stuff. And I love the fire, but man, the minute it touches me, I don't like it. Amen? I'm, I love the fire until it touches my life. Then it gets uncomfortable. Amen? But the dream is not about your entertainment or your fulfillment, but about the fulfillment of the assignment for your life. So many fall short and lose heart because they're trying to stay in the entertainment zone or the pure satisfaction zone the whole time, not recognizing that their assignment is being neglected. Isn't that the American church today? We live in the entertainment zone, the satisfaction zone. Like, I, I used to go to that church, but now I found this new church. The people are so much nicer. They smile. They, they, they take their their jackets off and cover me outside when it's raining and they got hot fresh donuts and fresh Starbucks coffee and, and everybody's just so perfect there. Has anybody found that church yet? Donnie in the back is like this one, right? Okay. But isn't it funny how we like dictate our Christian life? I had a conversation the other day and I walked away from it and I was just like, wow, I just experienced the height of self-centered Christianity. The conversation was all about them and what they want and where they want to go and what they want to see done and what they think God wants for them. And never did I hear like, man, I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick in the process and see what God does. Amen. Joseph didn't go, man, I see the dream. And so God, I'm going to make it happen. How many times do we try to make things happen for God? Amen. And that's not what he's asking from us. Amen. He's asking for us to believe by faith that he's got a destiny and a purpose. And then he says, now enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the fire. Enjoy the pain. 
Amen? We like pain, right? No pain, no gain. Amen? God created you with an assignment and a destiny, and the only person that can stop it is you. Amen? The only person that can stop it is you. It's just whether you give up, amen, or whether you keep pressing. Amen? Don't let the fire scare you away. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 4, it says, find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. I don't know what you live for, but I want to stay in the favor zone with God. Because no matter what's going on on the outside, as long as I have his favor shining through me, I'll endure anything. Amen? I'll walk through anything because I know if I have his favor and his grace upon my life, I can walk through any situation. Amen? I can face any storm. I don't know if you guys have ever had a perfect relationship in your life like you've never fought with a friend. Amen? You've never had an argument with your spouse. You guys have always had the perfect marriage. Is there somebody in here that's got one of those? So, so you had to go through some things. How many of you have walked through some things in your marriage? Amen. How many of you have walked through some things with your friends? Amen. There's a process there, isn't there? How, you know, and so when we come to Christ, why do we think it should be anything different when we come to the Lord? Because the Lord has a process he wants to take us through to refine us, to strip away the things that aren't pleasing. And most marriages or relationships that fail are, are ones that, that people give up in the process. They don't want to go through the pain. They don't want to die to themselves. They, they want to keep their pride. I'm, 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 I'm this guy. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in control. I'm the man. I'm going to tell you what it is, right? Like, that doesn't work in a marriage. Amen? I got to let her speak to me. Tell me when I'm making mistakes. Amen? Tell me when I need to change. Sorry, I'll move on. Number two, we got to enjoy the fire, embrace the fire. Number two, we got to be committed. We got to be committed to the dream. Can I ask you this morning, what are you committed to? I'm committed to my church until somebody doesn't appreciate me anymore. I mean, I know God asked me to be here, but if the people aren't nice to me, I'm leaving. But God must be moving me. Or they didn't, you know, say thank you today. I'm just trying to use things that none of you people say. So I'm trying to think for a second. You know, or a marriage, like, you know, you can fill in the blank. Reasons why we don't stay committed or a job or situations. You know, what, what, what owns our commitment? Is it comfort? Is as long as I feel good and I'm comfortable and everything's going my way, I'll stay committed. But it's easy to say you're committed until it costs you something. Commitment's going to cost you something, isn't it? You know, think about what it cost Christ to stay committed to humanity. What, what did Christ endure for his commitment to humanity? Not much, did he? Not, I mean, just betrayed, mocked, ridiculed, spit on, beaten, whipped, bruised, had his blood poured out, and his life hung on a cross. Not a whole lot when it came to his commitment level, amen. He just, he just you know, just rolled with the punches, didn't he? He endured a lot because of his commitment to us. 
When I think about Joseph, you know, what was crazy about the favor is in spite of the betrayal, in spite of his family disowning him, he comes into Potiphar's house and he's given all this authority and all this favor and blessing. And the Bible says that he became, as he grew up, because he was 17 when this happened, and as he grew and developed, he became a handsome man like me. And why are you laughing? But his wife, Potiphar's wife, got an eye for Joseph. He became attracted to him and drawn to him and said, Joseph, come and lay with me. Your commitment's always going to be tested in one way or another. Sin will always try to test your commitment. Now, for all of us, it's something different. Amen? For all of us, we've got to walk through different things. But for Joseph, he says in Genesis chapter 39 and verse number 8, it says, But he refused Potiphar's wife and said to her, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. Look at this. He, Potiphar trusted him, so he had so much favor. They didn't even know what he entrusted Joseph with. He has committed all that he has to my hands. Think about the parallels of what God has entrusted you with as a Joseph in today's day. Think about how God has committed everything he has to you. If you've committed everything to him, he commits everything to us. There's no one greater in his house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife. Think of the boundaries that he set for himself right there. Joseph could have laid with her that night. Could have just slipped in. God, surely you know the dream. It's going to come to pass no matter what I do because, God, you know my heart. God, you love me. I'll repent next Sunday. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Think about how our commitments are tested every day. So many times we give up on the dream, but really we've given up on our commitment. We've allowed things to creep in and, and test our commitments, and we give in, and we give in, and next thing we know, we're like, where'd the dream go? The dream never left, did it? It's our commitment got tainted. I'm preaching to myself today, that's all. You guys just get to enjoy what I'm dealing with in myself. But in Genesis chapter 39 and verse 20, as you go down the story, then Potiphar's wife turns and accuses Joseph of taking advantage of her. And so Potiphar has to act, and he's wrongly accused. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison, but, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of of the keeper of the prison. When I understand favor, I no longer worry about what is happening on the outside of my life. See, we struggle with commitment, yet he is fully committed to us. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 12. Paul says it so well. He says, for this reason, I also suffer what? These things. What? Wait a second. Only Jesus had to suffer. None of us have to suffer. Amen. I love studying these stories in the Old Testament because they give such a great like understanding of the process that we go through in our life. And then here's Paul in the New Testament going through a process. For this reason, I suffer these things. Nevertheless, what? I am not ashamed, for I know 
whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. What are you committed to? What owns your commitments? Do you get through a little pressure and you give up? God, if you really have this great life for me, then why is this so hard? Man, this last week I was in a fog. I was just like, bleh. And finally I got to the place where I just had to like shake myself. And I'm like, wait a second, God. I am, I'm called. I'm your chosen. I'm one of your vessels. You've given me a dream. You're fully committed to me. Why am I allowing these things to deter, distract, distract me? Edit that one out of the audio. Distract me from the plan and the purpose that you have for my life. But so many times we allow things that test our commitment to derail us from the place that God is trying to take us. See, your process, this is only for me. You guys just get to enjoy this like piece of candy. Your process can become your prison or your platform. Too many run from the process thinking it's keeping them from their platform. Let me say that again. Your process can become your prison or your platform. See, Joseph wasn't moved by the pit. He wasn't moved by the palace, and he wasn't moved by the prison. He kept his heart right the whole time, no matter what the fire was, no matter how his commitment was tested, because he knew that the process was not a prison, but it was a place that God was taking him through to get him to the platform that God had prepared for him to stand on and deliver God's people one day. Who put all that stuff there? Those are trip hazards. The only platform God has for your life is connected to a process that's more like a funeral than a fairy tale. The only process and platform that God has is more like a funeral than a fairy tale. Think about that for a moment. Isn't that comforting as a Christian? Like here, I'm just going to tell you your Christian life, the process is going to be more like a funeral than a fairy tale. I'm here to exhort you today. Christians, I love you, but get ready because things are about to die. Isn't that comforting? But I've been studying these men of, of great, the, the heroes of the faith, these stories, and, and I don't see any single one of them that walked through a fairy tale life. Did they? I mean, does anybody know a single one of them that had a fairy tale life all throughout their process? It wasn't a single one of them. I mean, we look up, we want the byproduct, we want the platform, but we don't want the process. Amen? We, we want the finished product, we want the dream fulfilled, but Keep me away from the process. Amen. We want what God has for our life, but don't take me through the fire. Amen. We want what God has, but I don't think I can endure that right now. Amen. Look at Noah. I mean, could you imagine being Noah? How many of you guys would be like to be Noah? Like the dude that built the boat that saved all the animals. That sounds cool, doesn't it? But what you don't think about is Noah was the guy that everybody mocked and made fun of, and ridiculed. Think about David and, you know, the one anointed king. Oh, David, I want to be David. I want to be David. No, you don't. Excuse my French, but all hell broke loose in his life after he got anointed king, didn't it? 
Yet we want, we want the dream for our life, and, and I want it, and, and I know God wants it for all of us, but I'm here to encourage you today that in spite of the dream, be ready for the process. Be ready for the fire. Be ready for commitments to be tested. And it's exciting because on the other side of that is the glory and the splendor and the favor of God. There'll be times where people are going to walk in and out of your life. There's going to be times where you walk through situations. But can I encourage you, like Joseph, the favor of God was upon Joseph in every moment of his life. And yet many times for us, we can't throw in the towel because we walk through a, a tough week. Amen? Like God hasn't forsaken you because it got hard for a week. Amen? We can't throw in the towel because we didn't hear God's voice for one day or for a week or for a month. How many of you guys ever felt like you're in this, we, you know, some of the young guys, they call it a dry season. Like where all of a sudden you just don't feel God and you feel like you're just going through the motions. Anybody ever been in one of those moments? Like, God, did you like... Did you forget? My name's Sean. Like, we used to hang out. Like, you know, like, I thought we were friends, God. Where are you? Like, I don't feel you. I don't hear you. I don't sense you. Amen. And so we, well, I guess God doesn't want me anymore. I guess God doesn't have a plan for me. But can I encourage you this morning that the place of strain will always produce the greatest gain. Amen. And I, I'm here to tell you today that I have not seen the fulfillment of the dream that God's given me in my heart. Okay? But at the same time, I'm excited because I, I'm seeing glimmers of it. I'm seeing aspects of it. And I'm like, God, I remember seeing this. God, I remember seeing that. And I remember this. But can I also tell you, man, there's been some fire in my life. Amen. There's been some commitments tested in my life. I've been a part of this church for 19 years, and it's never been tested for me to stay faithful to this church. I'm kidding, Israel. <laughs> being faithful to serve God with all my heart. I've never wanted to just run away, ever. I've never wanted to give up. I've never, I've never wanted to like throw in the towel. I've always been so excited to wake up every day to serve God. Amen. Like it's, I'd live in this fairy tale and I wish you guys could all get in here with me. Okay. Cause it's perfect. Like there's no, nobody ever gets mad at me. Everybody thinks I'm the greatest person on the face of the earth. My kids are never you know, upset with me. My wife is always just in awe of how handsome I am and amazing I am, okay? And, and so I just want you guys to know that you need to be jealous that I'm living the dream and you're not. I'm totally blowing this out of proportion. I hope you hear my sarcasm because there's been a lot of pain that I've had to go through. There's been a lot of testing. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up and because I preach to you, it's going to be tested, Amen. It's probably going to be tested when I get in my car. Somebody's probably going to be on the road in front of me like this morning driving 20 miles an hour slower than Sean. Oh, yeah. He pulled out with a trailer and everything. Stuff's falling off, flying on my windshield. Bless him, Lord. <laughs> Lastly, as I close, embrace the fire. Stay committed. Number three, see it through. If God gave you a dream, don't quit until you're there. And can I encourage you this morning? It's not going to be fulfilled here on earth. The dream is, is, is something that you're passing through into all eternity. But sometimes we think, okay, I got this dream. Oh, I it's over. Cool. I can retire. No. 
It's, it's, it's the fulfillment of God's plan from the day you take your first breath until the day you take your last breath and walk into eternity with Jesus Christ forever. And you get to fall to your knees and say, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Amen? Come on. That, that is our focus. That needs to be, as a believer, you know, it, it, if I can keep that focus and I can keep that eyesight, you know what's amazing is no matter how hot the fire gets sometimes, no matter how much my commitments are tested, I'm focused on the finish. I'm not focused on the process. Amen? Let me encourage you today. The dream is not dead in your heart. The dream that God has for your life is not dead. You just got to re- realign yourself. You got to ask God to rekindle the fire. You got to get to the place where we don't live perfect lives, but favor carries us through our mistakes. Psalms chapter 30, verse number five, as I get ready to wrap this rodeo up. For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Come on, we're going to make mistakes. We're probably going to let God down, but that doesn't mean his grace runs out. That doesn't mean his favor is no longer in our life. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes. Some of you need to know that your joy is on its way. This morning, I can't live without his favor. And neither should you. It's what carries us through. It's what holds us upright. And it's what empowers us to walk no matter what happens in our day-to-day. When you give up in the process, you miss out on the fulfillment. The end of the story, Genesis chapter 41. It's not the end, but kind of the moment. Pharaoh comes to Joseph. And in Genesis chapter 41 and verse 39, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, and as much as God has shown you all this, there was no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne Will I be greater than you? Joseph got the dream at 17. But it was right around 14 years after did the dream begin to come to pass. I want to ask you this morning to remember the dream that God gave you. And have you given up because time has not been on your side? Have you thought, God doesn't love me anymore, or maybe you're that person this morning that has never received the God dream? I love what this pastor, Levi Lusco, said. He said, God can do the impossible and often asks us to do the impractical. How do you know you got a God dream? when it's impossible for you to do it in your own ability. I would love to tell you that you're never going to endure any pain. 
I would love to tell you you're never going to walk through situations that don't make sense. But I'm not going to stand on this stage and lie to you this morning. There are going to be things that happen in your life that are going to get you to question whether the dream is real. There's going to be things that you walk through that you're going to question whether God's real. But if you'll hold on to his favor, if you'll hold on to his grace, you'll get to the place where Joseph said in Genesis chapter 41 and 52, and the name of my second son shall be called Ephraim. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Think about how the favor of God carried Joseph through all the pain he had to walk through. Can I encourage you today, friends, that God can cause you to be fruitful in spite of the pain, in spite of the affliction, in spite of the things that happen in the natural realm of your life, that God still has a dream for every single one of us this morning, then he's not done until the day you stand before him for all of eternity. If you keep your heart and your attitude right with God, you'll end up in the palace and not the prison. As I was studying and preparing, I bought this new album. You don't buy a CD anymore, Donnie. You buy it on iTunes. And he was like, you still buy CDs? I'm like, no. What's a CD? Amen? But I bought this album by Planet Shakers, one of my favorite bands. Been listening to them forever. And this song came on. And I was like, whoa. Like, God, this is it. And so I didn't get it to play first service, but we tested it. I want you to stand to your feet this morning, and the band's going to come up, but I want you to listen to this song, and I'm sure none of you have ever heard it. But I put the words up, and I want you to let these words speak to your heart this morning. Because you may be in that land of affliction right now. You may be in that moment where you feel like the dream is gone, and you don't see God's favor. But I think this song says it so well. So if you guys are ready in the back, go ahead. In the mountain air, in the valley low, you are always there. You are always close. I can feel your grace as you guide my steps. In the darkest place, I know who you are.
Father, we thank you today. God, that is your people. That we would know who you really are. Hmm. God, through every mountain and every valley. God, I thank you there's some in this room that have forgotten what your favor looks like. Maybe they've forgotten how great your grace is. But God, today, I believe because we stand here is a great sign of your favor and your grace. God, I know that if we were to walk through this room and talk to every person, we all have our stories. But we could all be honest and say, I've seen his grace and his favor carry me through every situation. So today, God, it is my prayer that your people would rest in the hope and the promise that you have for their lives. That maybe there's someone here today that would stir their faith again. That in spite of the affliction, in spite of the pain, in spite of the hurt, that God, they could find forgiveness, they could find mercy, and they could find healing, and they could move forward and keep pressing toward the dream and the promise that you have for their life. So friend, if that's you today, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you've lost hope today, he's the God of all hope. He's the great healer and the deliverer. Maybe you're in this room and you say, man, Pastor Sean, I've never had a dream from God. I've never even connected that first step all the way back to the opening where I talked about Jesus and your relationship with him. Maybe you say, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But today, I want to take that step. I want the God-sized dream. I want to see the plan and the purpose that he has for my life. If that's you today, would you make a bold step and just raise your hand and say, Pastor Sean, that's me. I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Savior of my life. I've never prayed and confessed my sins. I've never asked him to forgive me. Amen. All right, we're all Christians. Father, today, the dream is not dead in this room. God, I believe that prophetically you're speaking something to your church. That in spite of what we've seen on the outside, just like we said in the offering, we walk by faith and not by sight. So God, today, I'm asking for faith to be stirred in the hearts of your people once again. That the dream is still alive, that favor is still upon us, because greater things are in store for your people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God a big praise in the house this morning. Amen. Amen. I've asked the band to play. If you want to worship for a moment, you can. If you need prayer, we'll pray with you this morning. But I want to challenge you tonight to go home and ask God to show you that dream again. Maybe he'll speak to you in your bedroom tonight while you're laying there, no distractions, and let God put that dream in your heart again. Amen. We love you. We're praying for you. Have a great week. We'll see you Tuesday night. If you need prayer, you want to worship, you're more than welcome to stay and hang out. We love you. God bless.